With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Booth Talk, interviews from the After Movie Diner. And it is my sincere pleasure, honor, thrill, everything. I am completely fanboying out right now uh, because I have just got off the phone with none other than the chin himself, Mr. Bruce Campbell. For people who listen to the After Movie Diner podcast or read our website, you know that I've been a fan of the man since I first wandered into a break room at school and saw Army of Darkness playing on the TV in 1993. I have been a fan of the man ever since, own most of what he's ever done, seen absolutely everything he's ever done, and to finally get a chance to talk to the man and for him to be as groovy as he was... Uh, is uh, surely a bucket list moment for me. So without further ado and enough of all this rambling from me, let us go into my interview with Bruce, hail to the king, Campbell. and welcome to the After Movie Diner. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on the show, sir. I'm so glad we could do this. Well, I happen to be in the neighborhood, thought I'd stop in. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a real treat, sir. So let's dive right on in. Uh, you are currently on tour around the country with your new book, the second in the Chins trilogy of autobiographies, Hail to the Chin, <laughs> Further Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. How is the tour going, and do you have yet any fun stories from the road this time around? Well, the road is always going to throw you some zingers. You know, you step on the 33rd floor and the elevator goes out. So, you know, <laughs> right from the start. That's, that's how it goes. The travel foibles. It's always going to happen. Uh, you know, airplanes that land and go, well, there's someone at our gate. So we're just going to sit here. <laughs> so that, it's that so kind of stuff. There's always that. But, you know, that's the typical travel stuff. But uh, the good news is, Folks are showing up. We're signing some books. We're having a good time. We've done. Uh, just finished uh, Louisville. We're on to Lexington and beyond. Fantastic. And is there anywhere through all your travels, through all the years, that you haven't been yet that you'd like to go, or anywhere that you look forward to going back to? <laughs> yeah, the United States. <laughs> because, you know, it's really bizarre. You know, we, um, in the, part of the reason for writing the book was talking about the changes in the industry. Um, they make movies in really weird places, Bogota, Colombia, and, you know, Sofia, Bulgaria. That, that was never two locations I never thought I'd wind up in. And so it was, you know, just kind of interesting to see how how things have changed um, over the years and, and talk about it. And I also left Los Angeles. Um, I sort of did my time there. Yeah. And, you know, and actually, you got you to gotta make an appearance there. Every so often, but uh, beyond that, you know, it was it was a uh, fun to get out of there and start living my life. And talking about change um, from photos and videos and interviews and all that good stuff, life on the convention circuit and the life of fandom in general seems to have changed from the time that you made your documentary Finalysis. 
Even you've changed your attire from the Hawaiian shirts to the dapper suits. Sure, oh yeah. What, if yeah, anything, exactly. has changed for you with the cons, the fans, and yourself? Here's the fundamental difference. Um, in the old days, my first convention was about 1988. And when you go there, uh, you'd see guys, you're Adam West, Burt Ward, the guys who were in shows from 20 years ago. And now the main difference is at conventions, you get to see Chris Evans, or you get to see Jeremy Renner, uh, or you get to see uh, Johnny Bernthal, or guys, you know, Norman Reedus, guys from TV shows that are on right now. Yeah, these imposters. That are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty, it's, it's great, though. Um, so now you have a whole mix. And the green room where, you know, you get a cup of coffee between signings and stuff is so awesome now. The people that you might meet in these various green rooms, Elvira, getting a cup of coffee, you know, green tea next to Shatner and Stan Lee sleeping in the corner, you know. Yeah. It's a great assembly of people now because it's, it's very diverse. And conventions, holy crap, they're breathing like rabbits. Yeah. I mean, I swear to God, as almost every weekend you can go, there's the Blah Blah Con. Or, and it's all Comic-Con. They love the Comic-Con name now. They yeah. got to have it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, and they, well, there seems to be, especially sort of in the Midwest as well, kind of Indiana, that kind of area, there seems to be a huge uh, growth, especially of sort of horror cons and things like that, which is, uh, which is always fun, yeah, but difficult and, to get to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, like Indianapolis, you have to drive through hours of cornfields to get there. And then, you know, but people are happy to have you. That fun thing about touring is sometimes in the big cities, people can be very blasé about, oh, yeah, uh, so-and-so is coming, whatever. But you go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, they're like, man, thanks for coming to Albuquerque. Yeah. And they can be very friendly. Like, I got the key to Decatur, Illinois. It's on my wall in my office. I, I have, because, you know, they, it's like, thanks for coming to Decatur. Yeah, and it's almost more sort of authentic and gratifying in its own kind of the little guy type way. It is. It is, it is because the, the people are legitimately happy to see you there. And, you know, in a big city, sometimes it's tough to get people to come back into a city that they work all day. Yeah. So some of my best signings are in the suburbs where you don't make them go back into the city. You come to them. That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and one the of the bourbon tour. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, that, that's that's often where some of the most hardcore fans are, you know. Um, yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, talking about kind of uh, the people in the green room and things, one of the stories from the book that really popped out and was humorous um, was about you eating dinner and kind of driving around with your fellow genre stars and director John Carpenter. I'm sure every fan would kind of love to be on a fly on the wall in those situations. Um, well, yeah, because well, what's fun is uh, every Saturday night, because these events are usually Saturday, Sunday. So every Saturday night, we see who's at the convention and I'll send a guy who works with me around and he'll just sort of tap on shoulders and go, hey, you know, you got plans for dinner. And it's amazing. Most people don't have plans on the road. And a lot of actors are 
it can be a very lonely gig on the road. So we always have these ridiculous Saturday night dinners with about 10 of us. And uh, it's always great to see who shows up. And I'm interested, like at those dinners, do you sit around and like talk about possible projects and like fantasy dream films you might want to make? Or do no, you sit and talk no, about no, real no, life? No, it's all baloney. We're, no, we're all taking the piss out of each other oh, and okay. uh, <laughs> telling stories, mostly lies and, uh, you know, accusations. We'll play games too. Like, you know, tell us something that, Nobody knows about you. <laughs> Normal stuff that people do at dinners. Yeah. And do you, is that where um, those kind of events, is that where kind of your idea about the expendables of horror that you were possibly planning for My Name is Bruce too? Is that <laughs> yeah. where that came oh, from? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I've had dinner with Robert Englund and Kane Hodder and all those guys. We all hang out. Yeah. So it's, it's like it'd be kind of funny to do a movie where you just used everybody. Yeah. All the good guys, all the bad guys. It's like, screw you, Stallone. You know, we'll do the B-movie version of that. We'd love that. We'd love that. And obviously people like <laughs> Barbara Crampton are back in the game now. She's, she's back yeah. acting. We're big fans of her. And, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. all, those, all that stuff is coming back, just like those action movies came back, all the, all the horror stuff. I mean, it never went away, but, but the fandom in, in general seems to be kind of at a, as a zenith right now. Hey, look, you know, when all the A-movies, are now B movies. <laughs> right. uh, I feel I feel I feel vindicated. Yeah. If you if you dress up like a bat and fly around a city called Gotham and drive this souped up car, I got news for you, man. That's a B movie. <laughs> right. You know. And and if you if you get bitten by a, a radioactive spider, that's not only a B movie. That's a 1950s B movie. So right. You know, Hollywood has gone total B movie crazy. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it for the fifth and sixth and seventh time. Oh my God! Right? If you—that's another concept. The you know the concept of the low budget serial in movies. They used it every week. You'd go to see the Further Adventures of Ren Tin Tin or a cowboy or a sci-fi thing. I mean, that's all. Yeah, a serial. They're yeah. making a serial. They're making it. It's a comic book. You're just putting out different issues of the same comic book. Yeah. Exactly. So Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 comes out on Blu-ray today. I uh, was very lucky. My pre-order from Best Buy came yesterday, so I spent all last night <laughs> re-watching it. Um, but we, abs we absolutely love Season 2 here at the, the website. We, we wrote it all about it last year and promoted it as much as we could. Good. Three, three Good. of the standout uh, episodes were the classic as Possessed Killer Car, Ash in the Insane Asylum, and your epic fight with Baal in the cabin at the end. Do you have any favorite scenes personally, or and what do you remember about filming those episodes? Um, I remember blowing my hamstring fighting Baal. Yeah. So I, I tore a hamstring. That was pretty, pretty not ha a not happy experience. Okay. Um, the, um, the, the Insane Asylum was my favorite episode. Yeah. Of, of the year because what it did is it shows you ball ball slash evil you know he was the bad guy of the day yeah that they can that they can mess with your mind too it's not just that they'll rip your lungs out or tear your head off they they will make you think you're going crazy which i thought is, that's a good horror it's a different type of horror yeah so they're fighting they're fighting with a different uh tool in the box you know what i mean like maybe i'll make ash think that he did all of this himself that he's responsible for all of this you know yeah so it's great and it was directed by mark beasley who's a guy who goes back to the xena days but i'd never worked with him 
very inventive, creative guy. So, yeah, that was cool. Uh, fighting a colon was pretty memorable. Uh, you know, it, that's a bucket list thing. I, I don't think I'll ever have to be pulled up the butt of a, you know, a cadaver again. I think I, I can cross that one off. You're done. That's it. That's on the list of everyone. I think even De Niro is waiting for that to happen. <laughs> you know, Bobby D, he may never have the pleasure. No, and it was funny when, I mean, talking about stuff that, that most actors never get to do, and one of the reasons why we love your career so much here at the diner is that, you know, something like a Bubba Hotep or something like uh, being pulled up a, a cadaver's rectum or whatever it is, like those are things that no one else could, like especially with Bubba Hotep, no one else could play <laughs> Elvis the way you played Elvis at that age. And so, well, no one, I don't care. Who, that was... No, I, I felt comfortable playing that because I'm like, okay, nobody's done them at 68 years old. Yeah. So I got that. I you should have no won one will all compare the awards me apples that, to apples. <laughs> right. What's that? I said you should have won all the awards for that, man. There wasn't a, a better performance that, that year that that movie came out. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not blowing smoke. I've always wanted to say yeah. that to you. It, it's a fantastic performance. I defy anyone well, to I, do that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> hey, the victory is that people still watch it. It's still relevant. So... You know, as an actor, uh, awards are swell, but the approval of your audience is really ultimately what it's all about. Um, so moving on then, when you said uh, you met Shatner, you went with T.J. Hooker and not Star Trek. Well, having been a fan of yours for decades at this point, I'd like to ask you a little about some of your earlier work. I know, like me, you're a big fan of running time. Uh, what was making that on location like? Well, that was awesome. I had just come from Kale's Navy, and <laughs> right. I was pretty bored with the Hollywood mentality, the Hollywood movie-making process. It was very slow and tedious, and, you know, um, studios are what they are. Uh, but this was a chance. It was a privately funded. It was. I think the whole movie cost $110,000. We shot it in, I think, about 10 days. And normally for a low budget movie, I'd go, oh, that's too short. You know, that, that's, that's going to suck. But the way Josh Becker did it, he's an old friend of mine. And um, the way he set this up, it's a crime drama uh, played out in real, pretty much real time yeah. that goes bad. And so the whole movie's essentially one shot. And it's a lot more ambitious than Hitchcock's uh, Rope, which was another movie that was conceived as, you know, one shot. Yeah. One continuous take. So it was great to see um, people react. I, I went to a screening at uh, like UCLA. Mm -hmm. And it, when it got these people, they'd never let them go until the very end. There's not too many movies I've been in that do that, that keep you, that drag you forward. And it never lets up, ever. And there was one reviewer that... <laughs> It was so awesome. He lost his mind. He couldn't understand how the hell we could have pulled this off in one shot. He, he kept going, like, what if, what if the guy had blew a line? What, what if the, the, they couldn't change the tire of that truck? What if, what if they, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, we got you. That's you fantastic. Know, there's, about, there's about a half a dozen, you know, or more. There's about a dozen hidden cuts in there yeah. in order to do it. Of course. But Josh very skillfully put it together, and, you know, it's a cool little movie. 
Definitely. Well, we love it here. And you worked with your pal, Josh, a lot. When I spoke to Ted Ramey last year, we spoke a lot about Lunatics, a love story. And I've also yeah. heard a rumor yeah. about a possible Thou Shalt Not Kill Except remake. Uh, will we ever see new releases <laughs> of Running Time and Lunatics, like Blu-ray? And can, and can we see you working with Josh again, maybe on that remake? Well, Josh, who knows? But, you know, now nah, remakes, uh, we're not going to do that movie. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. No. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I was very happy to do in the early years, but it doesn't fit a current criteria for what I would do. Okay. You know, like Maniac Cop, you bet. Back in those days, sure, let's do it. Yeah. You know, Bill Lustig, it was the first director that wasn't Sam Raimi. I would go to New York City, shoot a movie. It was exciting. Would I make the movie today? Not a chance in hell. Right. Of course, you know? that makes sense. But so our, our taste changed over the years, so, yeah. you know. Of course. No, I just wondered, because I knew you had said at the end of the book about maybe going off and doing more personal projects or smaller projects or, or setting up your oh, own no, stuff. Oh, no, believe me, I have a dozen. My wife and I have developed about a dozen uh, different stories. Cool. And scripts that we own. And so, you know, we looked at each other the other day. We were like, if not now, when? Yeah, exactly. So, it's yeah, a perfect we're going to, after Ash versus Evil Dead runs its course, uh, we're going to focus on that type of stuff, homegrown. A fan question. Um, you can tell us the truth now, Bruce. Is that really you in a blink and you'd miss it cameo in Robert Rodriguez's Machete Kills? Because it looks a lot like you. No, nope. no, not nope. you at all. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, can't wait to see you in Highly Functional. What can you tell us about that very quickly? Oh, man, that one was. Uh, I just hope it gets. I hope it gets out. You know, little movies these days, they're not released. They escape. Yeah. As the old joke goes, and so uh, that <laughs> right. was that, we made that literally like two years ago. Um, a country broken down country western singer who gets kidnapped by a kid with Asperger's syndrome to go play a song for his caretaker who's dying, and it's a weird, it's like an incredibly weird road trip. And you know, it's probably the first little indie darling. I hate that term, but right. it's probably you know, no, there's no blood in the whole movie. It's long dialogue scenes it's two characters mostly you know on this crazy road trip and um you know i hope that sort of stuff gets as much airplay as bubba hotep at the end of the day but we'll see yeah. the thing had weird financing problems it shut down for about a year the producer quit the director was fired it was a one of these really weird things but i i finally i've seen the finished movie it's good it's a good little movie, so... Excellent. You know, well, fingers crossed. When it's released, I'll buy a ticket. Uh, so to wrap up then, just quickly, what can we expect from season three of Ash vs. Evil Dead and any word on season four? Season four, no word yet. Okay. Um, you know, Stars just got purchased by Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. So what fans sometimes don't realize is the big cog and the little cog. You know, the wheels turn differently now. Our bosses now have bosses. So they're going to figure that out. We're also waiting on an air date because they might move our our uh, our air date right. in order to you know clean you know because the fall is pretty messy. Right. So yeah, we're waiting to see. Uh, but as, uh, season three, I have to say, is spectacular. If the series ended at the end of three, fans would be thumbs up. Fantastic. Some crazy stuff. It's a Basically, the Evil Dead world is turned upside down by the end of season three. It, it, nothing will ever be the same. 
Well, we cannot wait, so we really cannot wait, and we hope that when that comes out, you'll come back on the show. Thanks ever so much for your time today. Thank you for your extra time. It was a real pleasure. Thank you very much. So there you have it, my first ever interview with Mr. Bruce Campbell, and I am still, even after recording it and editing and everything, can't believe it happened, uh, still shaken. Anyway, if you enjoyed that interview and you're a Bruce Campbell fan, we have interviews with Ted Raimi, Dana DiLorenzo, and Ray Santiago from Ash vs. Evil Dead over at AfterMovieDiner.com. You can just click on the interviews tab, and they're right there. We also have interviews with directors like Bill Lustig and Brian Trenchard-Smith and others. So if you're a fan of, like, the B-movie genre and, and all that kind of good stuff, Um, then we have the interviews for you. Vernon Wells, Michael Ironside, all those good people. So please do check out AfterMovieDiner.com for more of the same. Uh, Either that or just check out the Booth Talk stream here on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and all the other places where podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening. All the very best to you and yours. And we will be back soon with more interviews from the After Movie Diner. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.